Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Once Upon a Nightmare. I am your host Lorraine and I'm here to discuss the horrors of the world, be it fiction or real. This week we unfortunately are going very, very much real with a murder of a young man that took place back in 1998 and I've asked someone to come along and help me and this is Seth from the Thanks for Coming podcast um, and because I just really wanted to hear what he had to say about it um, and it's more it's a bit different this episode compared to the other true crime ones I've done in the fact that we just really have a good chat about the whole situation in general as well as obviously talking about the case and that is of course the case of um, Matthew Shepard. So I'd like to welcome Seth from the Thanks for Coming podcast. Hi Seth. Hey everybody, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm all right. I say everybody like there's a whole like group of people here, but um, it's just us having fun. <laughs> so much fun with this topic. <laughs> uh, well, I want to I want to start happy and cheery because it's not mm. going to last. Um, you mm. know, I and I don't think it'll end happy and cheery either. So no. I figure let's just give the the listeners something good to listen to. <laughs> Exactly. So, but before we get into all the depressing stuff, why don't you tell everyone uh, who you are, your podcast, your details? Sure. Um, well, my name is Seth. I am a 30 something from America. I live in Portland, Oregon. My address is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> your card details. <laughs> yeah. My, I don't have, don't have a car, but we, my credit card number is uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, no. Um, so I, uh, originally started a podcast with two of my best friends called Thanks for Coming. It's all about RuPaul's Drag Race. And also it's an LGBT pop culture podcast as well. Cause you know, we, we mainly talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, but we also have some podcasts in there. Um, we have like Halloween episodes that are super fun. We do uh pumpkin spice taste tests where we try different pumpkin spice things every holiday season. Nice. Um, we do that. We do, um, what else we do like just random topics. Um, but mostly RuPaul keeps us busy. So it's mostly about that. <laughs> I know I do watch the show and obviously I do listen to your podcast. Um, but it's a great show. I just love it. I want some, we have a lot of fun. Drag queen. <laughs> I do too. I, um, well, I mean, I have been put in makeup before, um, when I was drunk, <laughs> by friends but I haven't like done full drag I think it would be fun but it also just seems like so much work and I'm kind of lazy so I have to say like watching those girls they are so freaking talented they should all be in the movie industry because what they can do is insane yeah some of them are you know in a star is born there's um Shangela oh. and Willem from Drag Race are in that movie oh wow I didn't, I the newest seen it. one. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 With yeah. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. some of the sometimes they are movie stars. Oh wow! No, I'm watching season thirteen at the moment, and I've got a massive crush on Rose. Oh yeah, she she was grown on me quite a bit. Very much was like kind of like a little bit like uh, lukewarm with her at first, but then same, uh, same. as the season has gone, I just like her a lot more. I'm trying to think of who else I like. Because it's... Well, I, I've started to have a little, because I know they're gay, but I don't care. In my head, they're not. Um, <laughs> when someone says to me, they're gay, and I'm like, not in my head. No, no, <laughs> but, you don't um, know that. But got Mick as well. Yeah, Jesus. I like got Mick as well. Um, mm. I like 
the drag and I think he's a cute boy. Thank and um, yeah, so got I think got yeah, probably got Meg and Rose are my faves and Simone is my Simone. fave. I want Simone yes. to win. I want Simone Me- to win. I want Simone or got Mick to win. Yeah. Yeah. Got Mick took me time to get to, to warm to, but yeah, I like, I like the clown makeup and I like the more natural makeup. So I, and I think, um, I think she's very funny and I I like her outfits most of the time. (laughs) Yes. But so, um, before this turns into a, a drag race, um, yeah episode which we could uh, do that too we're just our own podcast <laughs> yeah we could just uh lorraine and seth talk there no, you go and, and, and jamal sorry guys yeah. sorry <laughs> love you still you can listen to tfc if you want to hear them thanks for going <laughs> yes <laughs> um okay so we are as i mentioned in my intro are going to be talking about um matthew shepherd who was um, a young man who was unfortunately murdered um, back in 1988, uh, October 7th. 1998. Nine, what did I say? 88. 1998. <laughs> Great start, Lorraine. See, this is why I need Seth. This is my podcast now. I even have 1998 written in front of me. <laughs> you do. Yeah, I'm looking at the same notes. It, it's written correctly. So let it be known that Lorraine knew what she was talking about. Wait, before we get too far, can I just, I just didn't, um, I want to say that Lorraine is like really awesome. So you guys are super lucky to have her as a podcast every week. Um, she's like one of the nicest podcast people that I met since we've been doing this for like over three years and she always promotes us a lot and I really appreciate it. Well, we all really appreciate it from the podcast and I just wanted to like, you know, officially, I don't know if this is officially, I mean, I've thanked you before, but just, <laughs> I don't know. Lorraine's just the best. So like I, we fully support this podcast and Lorraine and just like anything she does. So like, really, this does feel like a privilege for me to be on here. And I'm, and I'm excited to, this is the first time we've actually talked via face to face. Cause you know, she's in England, I'm in America, but yeah, Lorraine's awesome. You guys are very lucky to have her as a podcast, a podcast host every week. Oh, mate, that's so sweet. <laughs> I wanted to say that I had to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> well, I think I obviously think the same about you guys, because obviously you've got your treble treble podcast, which you did a season of. And um, like my family. So I, I live with my husband and my daughter and they all know the thanks for coming um, song. So like I'm, I have oh, yeah. on, and my little kid who is four <laughs> is always going, woo, woo. <laughs> like, be the treble treble one. And oh the thanks yeah. For coming. She she's like um she she knows the one. So they know both of them. Um, That's awesome. But yeah. So um you're well known in the household here. Oh good. Good good good. I'm gonna say if I had children and a husband, <laughs> you would also be well known in this household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's running around the house going bye. <laughs> Bye. I know I'm so happy to rub off on anybody that you know that just like enjoys our silliness so she does and so do I so um yeah but thank you that was a really nice um a nice thing to say yeah sorry to cut you off I guess back to back to a serious topic okay so as said this young man died on October 7th 1998 he mm-hmm. was brutally attacked and tied to a fence in a field outside of Laramie, Wyoming, and he was left to die. Unfortunately, Matthew would not survive. Um, he would for a few days, but eventually he would succumb to his injuries 
on October 12th in hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. So what I would like to ask you is, do you, because so what year were you born? I was born in 85. So I would have been eight. Do you remember right? this case? <laughs> no, you probably um, don't from that date then. No, I don't. I feel like I have vague, vague memories of it, but this is something like um, a case that I got to know a lot better, like later, like when I was starting to f- uh, figure out my own sexuality. I feel like this is a case where um, like if you're in the LGBT community, like this mm. is what you think of. And and also just in general, when people say like hate crime, uh, this is like one of the first cases that I think of like this. Um, Matthew Shepard means a lot to a lot of the gay people mm. um maybe more so like my the, the elders because maybe the younger gays don't know him or take the time to listen to his story as much but hopefully they will if they listen to this podcast um but yeah Matthew Shepard his story is just so touching to me because it's like it's something that could happen to me um I know things are a lot more accepting now but they're also not you know after um our last president who was so hateful there's been like such a rise in um hate crimes against um based on sexuality religion color of your skin so it's definitely something that could still happen and just to kind of like imagine that happening to me is just it's very emotional um i hope to not cry during this podcast but it might happen and if there's anybody I'd want to cry in front of, it would be you. So um, I don't do that in front of a lot of people. <laughs> um, well, speak, speaking of him, like he actually was born only two years after me. So he would have been older than you. Um, yeah. He was born himself actually in Wyoming, in um, Casper, Wyoming, to a Denison Judy. He had two younger brothers, Logan and, uh, sorry, one younger brother, Logan. Um, but he was his mother. I watched his mother say how, like from a very young age, um, he was like very sensitive. His grandmother said he was the most empathetic child she ever met. And I think from a very young age, he knew like who he was. He knew he was a gay man. Um, so like because I I personally I have a friend who he's a gay man and he didn't come out until he was in his 30s. We all knew. But obviously, he actually said to us one point, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, you you can't tell someone that. But so so as someone, obviously, you're obviously a gay man. um, And what what age were you when you kind of and how kind of like how hard is that? Uh, The coming out process can be really difficult. Actually, I guess I kind of lucked out um, in a way because I didn't really have to come out. I was one. 21 or 20 I think 21 maybe 21 or 22 yeah but when I officially was like out or whatever I like back in the maybe a lot of people don't know but there was a thing called MySpace oh yes I remember MySpace (laughs) so I was on MySpace and I think maybe I was like 20 or 21 I was like you know I I think that I'm like bisexual or something Okay. And so I had put on my like, you know, on your profile, you can put that you're bisexual. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then um, I guess someone saw it and then told my mom and dad. <laughs> and fuckers. 
Yeah. So they like, so then like, I'm just, I was at home from college on one of the holiday breaks and my mom came in and she was like, like crying before she even came in the room. And I was like, did I fuck up or like, did something, something go, did I do something bad? And she's like, we have to talk about something. And then like, so that's like how it, how I like, came out. so when I say I got lucky, it's like, she kind of brought it up. So um there was real no like official like discussion with my dad about like coming out but I mean I just assumed he knew because my mom was approaching me (laughs) and so um so it was like I mean it it went fine like of course my parents are both very uh accepting and that sort of thing but it was just something that it's like very challenging to just like first you have to come to terms with it with yourself and then you have to like find a, the right time to tell whoever you want to know yeah because um from what obviously his mother said it's like Matthew seemed he was okay with it you know with who he was and you know he did have a very you know horrible experience when he was quite young because his father um worked in Saudi Arabia on an oil rig mm-hmm. he went to a Swiss boarding school and uh, they had a fear his parents had a fear of him being attacked um which unfortunately happened to him in 1996 on a school trip he was actually gang raped in Morocco by a, by a bunch of locals and they also robbed him and you know I think that's because for me like obviously I, I'm straight and it's something I don't think about I don't have to I don't have to like for me I always say about I, I have a child she's she's only four but I say I know I've done a good job when my kid comes home with a man or a woman and says, but she doesn't come out to me. She goes, this is Jane. It's my girlfriend. Or this is Bob. It's my boyfriend. I don't want her to have to come out to me. And funny enough, at four, she's already talking to us about um, same-sex marriage and how it's okay without See, being prompted. That's great. And and that's why I, th- I think it's important like um, to have people like you and then people like, um, you know, Nikki from Nikki Needs an Adult, mm-hmm. um, who are great parents and just really like make their kids feel accepted and, and that it's OK to just be whoever you are. No, I agree 100 percent. Like she she first come up with the whole she was explaining it to me when she was about three for the first time but like I wasn't accepting of it it was really quite strange um and she thought a man and woman marrying was weird she didn't she didn't get that she thought <laughs> me the other either was yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oi. Um, but uh <coughs> yesterday it was only yesterday like she spoke to my husband about it and she wants to obviously marry a woman because you know women are great um so, but obviously that, I, I mean, I don't know how she's going to be when she's older, but whatever, I couldn't give a shit, but um, <laughs> it's just, it's just so nice to see, but from that, what it's taught me. And I think, because obviously the, the two people that did it, um, like, you know, they, they probably heard that kind of conversation growing up using, you know, the F F A G word that we're oh, not yeah. going to say, um, you know, speaking about gay people, homosexuals in like a really like disgusting manner, um, and with my own kid, because I didn't have my kid until I was in my 40s, I realized how easy it is for me. Because when she said to me, uh, two men can marry and two women can marry, I could have went, no, no. Do you know what I mean? I could have done that. She said to me about, oh, yeah. She talked to me about boys wear makeup, boys don't wear makeup. She once brought up the whole skin color um, about how white skin was better than black skin. And I was like, where the fuck? And like, I was like, oh my yeah. God. Um, 
but luckily we dealt with it and she now knows that that's not the case and you know she knows boys can wear makeup and you know so we deal with things but as a parent I could have led her down that road of like yeah you're right no they shouldn't marry white is better you know and it was really scary to me that I had that much power and that's what it comes down to with a lot of these people that are against you know gay men or women or um trans or black or whatever it's it's they learn it they learn it from somewhere yeah it's all learned behavior for sure and and that's what is so upsetting is that um you know, like in theory, like you'd like to see this type of like hatred die out when like more younger people that are more accepting and more open to free thought, but then they get influenced by their parents. And then, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, it's, it's wild, but yeah. So for all you listening, you know, your kids are paying attention to you. So watch what you say and do. Well, it's like, I have a very naive thought here, but I was, I, I actually, when, when Riley did that with me, I was actually like, if every parent from today taught their child to accept, we could wipe all this out. If every oh, yeah. single parent from today. And, and, and it would be nice if that could happen, but it's clear that there are just so many um, hateful people out there that hide behind religion and things like that. I mean, there's no problem with, I have no problem with religion. If you want to believe whatever you want to believe, that's totally fine. But when you start to use it as like a justification of like, Oh, we can't like gay people because of religion. Then that's when I have a problem with religion. Like if you're religious because you want to believe in something, you fire ahead. But if you say I'm against this because God told me, no, no, there's plenty of people that believe in God that are accepting of yeah. everybody. So that's oh, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's it's not um and it's not just Christianity too that yes. they have the struggles. You know, there's also in the Middle East with the Muslim religion that are also not very accepting of gays and lesbians. They throw them off and, buildings and stuff, don't they? Yeah. I think they still do. They'll they'll stone them and like it's just horrible like even if they just suspect you to be like i don't even know if it's like i don't even know if they ever actually even prove like oh like you are gay or whatever before they even punish people sometimes mm-hmm. well there's a great speech from martin sheen in the west wing have you seen that where this woman i don't watch a- the west wing <laughs> no, i don't watch either but this is great oh, okay speech about um this woman like she says oh uh about gay people and all this kind of stuff and uh, he then starts bringing up all this stuff um about how you shouldn't eat pork or something on a Sunday and you know you should work on a Sunday or something should I and my daughter I could get a good price for her so he brings up all this other bible stuff so it's like I call it very selective religion you you take the bits yeah. out of it that you want and you kind of ignore the other bits very much so yeah definitely um, so yeah that's what that's kind of like um you know especially in in places like Wyoming that are more conservative and things like that you know, it's um, and especially in small towns like in Laramie and Casper, where Matthew grew up in, you know, it's very much like can it can very be it's much more difficulty be, to be like open and things like that about your sexuality because everyone knows your business in a small town and and um, you just put yourself out out at a chance of risking, you know, injury, bodily harm, attacks. Well, I found a site um it was the united states department of justice and i was quite shocked actually about the whole hate crime thing um not that there is any but like about what so like i think arkansas south carolina and obviously what happened in wyoming to him it doesn't have like hate crime laws 
and it doesn't have to require any data collection on hate crimes. And then there was multiple states that have hate crime laws, but they don't have to worry about getting data. And then there's a few, obviously, that have both. And I was like, how is this happening? Like, how how is there no law to say yeah. that you can't do this? Well, yeah, there um, there's still no hate crime laws in Wyoming, even after yeah. after this. Matthew, yeah. You know, um, people, I think a lot of the people in Wyoming try to make it that, you know, Matthew's killing. It's not because he was gay or anything oh, like God that. Sake. But, um, you know, it's just like people, they just try and they don't want to be branded as like the homophobic like city in in Wyoming or whatever, which is, I get it, but it's, that's what happened. And and that's apparently what people are like there. If you can't admit to having, um, or if you can't be willing to have some sort of reform in your state to have hate line, uh, hate laws, you know, there are uh, hate crime laws federally, of course. Hmm. Um, you know, in 2009 under Barack Obama, yeah. well, you know, started started at when this was going on under Bill Clinton, but no, no laws got passed until 2009. Um, and, you know, until um, this Matthew uh, Shepard. And then there was another um, black man. I forget his oh, name, but it, it's like James, a co-sponsor bill. James Bird. I, Bird, I saw yeah. that name and I thought, oh, I recognize that name. Why do I recognize that? And I Googled it. And I swear to God, I literally, for about half an hour, I, I'm not like, I just sat staring at the wall going because of it's what horrible. they did to that man. What they did to him was beyond a whole new, like two of them, I think got executed. And I'm, I'm unsure about the death penalty, but like, I was not sad to hear that they got executed. Although I was like, that's easy. You should have been fucking, you know. Yeah. Just put them down. But oh I, yeah. So and both men, uh, you know, were tortured for different reasons. Um, mm. One for skin color, one for sexuality. Mm. But yeah, so I mean, there are federal laws now and named after both of them. So I'm really happy for that, that, you know, mm. every time, um, you know, they're talking about, you know, hate laws and stuff like that. Matthew's name is always mentioned because I think it's very important to not forget him. No, I agree. And these two men, so, um, well, that's what you want to call them. Um, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson these were the two um, guys that did this and um, I'd I'd watched I'd I'd heard about this ages ago but a lot of it I I didn't remember and they made a point of kind of like singling him out just to rob him and which they should have done if they were going to do it not that that's great but like obviously then just leave him on his way Um, they pretended to be gay apparently to kind of like make him feel more comfortable and you know, when they even had, because they managed to convince him to go in the car and when they had him in the car and they robbed him, this is what the bit that kind of annoys me. Like obviously this McKinney fella, I think my personal opinion is they did it because he was gay and they talk about how he made a move. I'm sorry. If someone's attacking you and hitting you and beating you, you're not going to start rubbing his leg and trying it on with him. Right. Exactly. There's like a lot of like conjecture about, why this happened um you know there's i mean there's just so many different stories of people i think trying to justify whatever their you know whatever their angle is in the story you know some people say that um that aaron mckinney is bisexual and that they were him and matthew were like lovers and had sex together and they were prostitutes together yeah they were prostitutes together and they did drugs together they sold drugs together i mean there's all sorts of weird conjecture and it's like 
so outlandish and so not true. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is this was, I mean, maybe he wanted to rob this gay, this gay boy. I mean, he's like five to two five four yeah, or like something like that he's very short pounds or something yeah like barely pounds so it's yeah. like clear like they could easily overpower him and and they i mean ever since then like they've said like you know he he just needed to be they were like uh i think it's mostly aaron's like he needed to be killed you know he's gay hmm. and yeah. and and so it's like it's clear the reason the actual reason it's like maybe it started off as this robbery but the actual reason why he's dead is it's a hate crime there's just no way to spin it i don't believe any of the the hateful people that are trying to disparage matthew and make it seem as though he brought this attack on himself i don't believe it and if if that's what you think then you are just also like a super hateful homophobic person there's um and this this is brought up in um cj's podcast beyond the rainbow she has another uh episode about this but Hmm. um there's this guy, I forget his name, but he wrote this book called The Book of Matthew. Mm. And it's based, and he's also gay. The author is gay. And he wrote all these like horrible things about him being bisexual, uh, Aaron being bisexual and them doing drugs. And all. he wrote all these weird like things that he supposedly interviewed people from the town about Matthew and then wrote this horrible book. And then, and then people believe it. It was on 2020. Like it was on a national television show. So people believe what he says. And so for him to be a gay person, person and just spreading such falsities is just so bizarre to me um yeah that is very very strange I didn't I didn't know that um but with one one thing I think that if you can call it a positive that kind of come out of part of this like so obviously he was left tied to this um wood a a thing um and he got found they thought he was a scarecrow and stuff like that but there was um there was some policemen involved and in the documentary I watched, I mean, they were all like horrified by this. And they, you know, they spoke to the the doctor and the doctor was basically like, this lad's not going to make it. His, what they did, they, what was it? They crushed his skull and his brain stamp, stem was smashed in. And they actually described it as a uh, Lieutenant Rob Debris um, described it as um, one of the worst things he's ever seen. Um, but what... I thought was good is like you and it shows that with a bit of education and a bit of like understanding and you know feeling for people is like being a fucking human being like these guys went from they said they even said themselves I was horrible I'd be calling them all the names under the sun and they actually became like these advocates for um you know uh the community and stuff like that which I thought you know if if these type of guys can can turn it around you know anyone can yeah you know it just takes being open-minded to to things and 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 really ultimately it's just treating everyone with respect is is really what it comes down to and not being so hateful about things you don't understand yeah because I like I mean there's a lot of stuff that's changed since you know I was a kid like I was born in the 70s and you know all these different terms and stuff like that and I I've googled some and I've I've asked questions and like because a lot of terms we didn't we apparently they were around them but I'd never heard of them um but I'm happy to learn like at the end of the day I'm one of these people I don't give a shit what you want to call yourself or your name or whatever if you want me to I will I don't care it's nothing to do with me at the end of the day do you know what I mean so people make it their business and I don't understand why it's their business yeah yeah I don't understand why it's their business either you know if it doesn't involve them then why are they worried about it um 
Yeah. yeah. It's weird. That's something that confuses me is I like what you get up to in your bedroom. How does that affect my life? Right. Cause it's not like, you know, me not, you know, being like, Oh, well a woman and a man are having sex. That's so foreign. That's so weird. Like <laughs> they shouldn't be able to get married. Like, I mean, it's like, whatever it's in, it's just because, um, you know, Western culture is a heteronormative society. So, um, you know, they're anything different, you know, trans people, pronouns, gender and sexuality are different things. People don't always understand that. So, um, yeah, it's just people, they don't understand it. They're not willing to learn. Yeah. I think that's the thing, the, the, the lack of, um, willing to actually learn. And it doesn't obviously just go into that. It's like with race and religion and stuff like that. People are very much against, you know, Muslims and black people, you get all that kind of shit going on. And I, I don't understand it. I will never understand it. But like with a case like this, because this case like hit everywhere. I mean, everyone. Knows oh, yeah. I was to say this was everywhere. Yeah, it was. It was everywhere. And um, they what I did like about it was that they they took it very seriously. They had like a task force. They 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 um, investigated it because like sometimes, unfortunately, there are certain groups. So the LGBT community, sex workers, but they don't make as big a deal. So like I was really pleased when I saw um, when I saw so much going into it. And then it come on to the whole. Um, I can't even believe these things actually exist but the gay panic oh yeah yeah that's another aspect of this yeah like what is the story kept changing (laughs) is it like you if you're not gay and a gay person comes on to you you temporarily lose your mind so therefore you can be forgiven for acting the way they did yeah suppose i mean i don't i am not familiar i think i don't think this law is in effect anymore no but yeah back in the day it's like oh this gay person's hitting on me and I'm freaking out about it and I kill them because I'm I don't know whatever and yeah that never made sense to me either I don't understand how that can be an excuse it I mean be flattered and move on like I don't force myself on upon anybody regardless of their sexuality <laughs> so no, I know because like I was um I actually a, a friend of mine has stopped talking to me um because he was at a wedding and a man came on to his cousin or something and he punched him in the face. And I said, well, what would he have done if a woman had come on to him? Cause he goes, I, he didn't want, he's married. He doesn't want anyone coming on to him. And I says, okay, what would he have done if a woman came on to him? Would he have punched her in the face? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, if he doesn't want anyone coming on to him, it shouldn't matter who it is. And he, he fell out with me, but he didn't understand what I was saying. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like you, without like, I mean, being a gay man, it's like, it's like kind of hard sometimes because you don't know who's gay. <laughs> so yeah, if I'd you see someone that's attractive, <laughs> if you want to, you know, if you find somebody attractive and you're like, Oh, like I want to go flirt with them. And then if they say, Oh, well, you know, sorry, I'm actually not gay, then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Then you just take the compliment and then you can part ways, you can be friends, you can, 
I, whatever. And it doesn't need to be like, oh, I need to punch him in the face because he hit on my cousin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, a bit too much. <laughs> um, uh, slightly. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's you know, being gay, it's, it's more difficult because, um, you know, for men and women, it's hard to know. It's like, is this other woman that I like? into women or is this other man that I like into men it's like you don't know we're not wearing I'm straight badges or whatever so um you know the overreaction to being flirted with by a member of your same sex is just um you know some people take it well some people don't and the people that don't I think they should just take a step back and and be flattered and then move on just say oh my god like this I'm so attractive this guy hit on me or something you know say that I don't know If a guy hit on my husband, he'd be like delighted. He'd be like, they all want me, Lorraine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it it doesn't need to be like violent or whatever. Just tell tell them you're not interested and move on. If if they keep hitting on you, then separate yourself. I don't know. Go away. Don't see that person again. Well, exactly. Because with this, like even if Matthew did what they said he did, right? This was two guys. Matthew was a hundred odd pounds and five foot two. They could have got rid of him very easily in a, like just ran away from him. Or even if they pushed him away and ran off because he was being that forceful, it's just like the, the, the punishment for what he, they say he did. It doesn't fit. You know, I have no problem. Like whether, whether you're a man or woman, gay or straight, if someone's forcefully coming on to you and you're feeling unsafe, then yeah, if you need to push them away or hit them out the way, fine. But this, this isn't pushing or hitting someone out the way. You know, this is like a clear. This is like a planned thing, clearly, um, well, because they, yeah, because they're both so poor and they wanted to rob him. And I'm sure he became the target because he was also short and because he was also gay. And so that just made him be the more obvious target for them. Well, yeah, because they when they saw him at the bar they went into the bathroom and like concocted this whole plan and they pretended to be gay. Like, why would you pretend to be gay? Yeah. You know, it, so and- it was all, it was all to me that was thought through. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is a very thought out plan. It's like, you know, how would they know where to drive him out to? How would they, you know, I don't know. It's just, why would they take his shoes? Why would they, you know, so he can't walk back or whatever. Why would they tie him to a, a fence? It's just, it's very calculated. Yeah. yeah. It's like they knew there was rope in the truck. It's like, I don't know if that's a common thing or whatever, but you know, to me, everything just screams like this was planned. Yeah. Maybe a Hen- last minute plan, but it was planned. Yeah. And, and the other guy, Henderson, who um, he has said that he didn't see any like inappropriate touching from Matthew in the back um but I feel like with him he kind of tries to downplay like we we think of McKinney and we're like okay you did this that I think he was definitely the the leader of it and I think you know he you know instigated the whole thing but like Henderson tries to like play it down play his part down but he tied him to the fence he left him tied to the fence he I think he got in a few hits himself like you know well suppose supposedly he's more of like the follower to Aaron mm. uh, McKinney so supposedly he didn't really he never hit Matthew or anything like that mm. but he like you said he did just stand there and supposedly he was laughing while watching 
Aaron mm-hmm. hit him, and so and he did tie him to the yeah. uh to the fence, like you said, and but he also didn't do anything to stop him, and that's mm-hmm. just as much being a part of it. It's like maybe he didn't actually hit Matthew, but the he could have stopped his friend from doing that. Of course, you could have at any point you could have stopped, him, but they didn't. They just left him. I think it's like eighteen hours before he was found. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, they left him there. Um, some of the stories say that they actually tried setting his clothes on fire. Um, he, and, and also this is in Wyoming in the winter. I think it was it was in October when it happened. So it was like cold freezing there. cold weather. Yeah, yeah. like freezing. Um, and so he's left out in the cold all night, bleeding, um, badly injured, and barely alive. And yeah, like you said, when, um, you know, the, the police, you know, a cyclist kind of stumbled mm-hmm. upon him and thought he was a scarecrow, but then realized, mm-hmm. you know, this is a person and then called the police and the police came out. And this woman, I think her name is, I forget her last name, but her yeah. name is Reggie. Yeah. yeah. Um, this lady is like, honestly, a fucking hero because, she, well, first of all, she thought that he was like a little boy because he's so small like so she didn't realize he was like 21 or whatever um mm-hmm. she thought he was much younger and uh she you know was immediately just like trying to do everything she could she put on these like gloves on that um were really cheap and ended up breaking she'd actually had been recently doing work like um some sort of work around her house where she had cut her fingers open mm-hmm. and and matthew shepherd like she didn't know this matthew shepherd is actually hiv positive so she has these open cuts yeah he was he was hiv positive people think people think from when he was um assaulted in egypt is when he was in you know became positive oh my god i didn't know that yeah that's a lot and a lot of people don't talk about the fact that matthew shepherd was hiv positive i mean it's not a fun subject i get it but so this woman not knowing anything totally risked her life by having open cuts and helping him and um and I mean, afterwards, she um, did receive treatment to minimize her chances of contracting. And she was negative. She did not contract okay, HIV. Um, but she's such a hero. And and there was just like, you know, just to like doing whatever she could, like holding him in her arms to make sure that he was knew that someone was there that cared about him and that was worried about him. And and, you know, he was, um, you know, obviously covered in blood. He. I was had was like also had dirt on his face because you know it's Wyoming. Yeah. There's very windy, so you know there's like dirt blowing all over him and sticking to his face because of the blood. So like you said, yeah, people thought he was a scarecrow because of all of that being caked on his face. And the only, um, the only part of his face that you could see were oh, where tears, tears were coming down from his face or coming down his eyes on his face. And to me, that image is just so strong and so moving. And it's emotional to think about, you know, this person just there just can't do anything to even get away. Um, even if he could move, which he probably couldn't because he's probably paralyzed. And um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just a wild, wild, wild story. And actually too, he was, um, the first he's first taken to the hospital in Laramie mm. and um, and the killer, Aaron McKinney, he um, mm. was also in the hospital because after he attacked Matthew, he got into a fight with these two other boys that like 15 were 15 minutes later. Yeah, there were I think they were like Latino. So Hispanic he was, guys, yeah. Hispanic guys. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, he did not like 
And so they, he actually got a hairline fracture from a, a scuffle with these two, two boys. And he ended up in a hospital room for rooms away from Matthew, uh, from, uh, from Matthew Shepard. I know I read that and I thought you don't deserve the treatment, but what I, I think I <coughs> mentioned this in a previous podcast I did, I can't remember what it was, but um, this, one of the things about cases like this, or when it's like a black man or something is, you know, that there's going to be people that do not shed a tear for this, that do not think it's bad, that I hate to say it are glad. Well, I mean, even uh, I think it was in the early to mid 2000s, like, um, Aaron McKinney was giving interviews finally about, you know, what happened. He was like, I'm glad Matthew's dead still, yeah. even after he's been in jail for years. Well, he got when he went in um, because, I mean, this lad sounds like a piece of work and like because his his mom died. And then apparently that's when he kind of he got a hundred grand and he like blew it on you know cars and drugs and all this kind of shit. Um, yeah. And people like a couple of people come onto the documentary and they were saying he was a very violent person, um, very out of control temper and stuff like that. Um, so I'd say for him, like when he like, while I think he was very much aware of what he was doing, there's probably he just couldn't stop himself like that. He just wanted because he wanted to do it. Yeah, know? he was probably looking for fights, you know, because yeah. I mean, he had just basically killed Matthew and now he's going fighting other people. Like within 15 minutes right yeah it's like, crazy yeah because they they were like <laughs> these lads were were puncturing people's tires <laughs> yeah and he was he was on his way to matthew's place to go rob his apartment and then yeah. he, and then he and then he you know comes across these two hispanic kids and has to i guess get involved or whatever yeah no that's what that's that's what i didn't understand it's like was he still like pumped up or did he just think oh you know, I'm on a roll here. I might as well get two more. And yeah, I don't know that lad. Cause I think he really went like, I seen the scar on that guy's head. Yeah. That yeah. It's crazy. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So but, yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> but his, um, no, cause um, we haven't mentioned that, but they both had girlfriends at the time who was also, you know, they helped kind of get rid of evidence and stuff like that. And they, they didn't really, fully give you know all the information they should have and obviously another thing the press jesus this was fucking gold for them like do you know what i mean oh yeah and and the thing is too is um one of his friends matthew's friends was calling all the newspapers and because he wanted to make sure that they were all reporting it as a gay crime gay hate crime because to help um raise awareness for the cause you know like so Mm -hmm. if you that way it's not like well a you're not disrespecting matthew because it's not just oh he was robbed and killed and blah 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 Mm -hmm. no it's like he it's like the way he was killed and the sheer brutality of it no this was a hate crime Mm -hmm. this is because he was gay and so i think that it was really like brave of his you know his friends to making sure all the press outlets were reporting it as like uh, matthew's gay and was attacked Mm -hmm. for being gay and that's like that's how i think it was i don't think there's any other way you can look at it I just yep. didn't I just didn't like with the the court case how it was almost like he's gay so we shouldn't really give him you know too much of a hard time for doing it right yeah and, it's like oh well he's just yeah I, I understand what you mean it's like you know oh he's just gay like people for a long time like they don't like gay people aren't really in the news a lot except for like they were in the news for um the AIDS epidemic and then like gay pride parades 
and that's it. That's all people see. And so for, you know, these types of crimes to be so nationally seen, it's very important because that's the reason why this legislation came out from um, Barack Obama, who made this, um, who expanded the hate crime law and, and included Matthew's name in there. Yeah, because like um, you're saying about how they got his, you know, the fact that he was gay out there. Um, at the moment over here, we've got a young lad from Oxford that is missing. He's been missing for about five days and he's a young black man. And this is show you, right, how little the, you know, they're represented when, like if a white girl goes missing or like it's everywhere. And I was what I was on Twitter and Sky News, which is a big, I, you have Sky News in America, don't you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's big over here. Um, so his parents were on Sky News there. It's everywhere. The story's everywhere. And I actually turned around to my partner today and I went, I am so shocked that they're actually, because you rarely see it. I was surprised. I was delighted because everyone deserves the same attention. I, I think I don't of understand course. why every, yeah. every somebody is somebody's son or daughter. Um, but I was surprised. I was like, I actually said to him, I couldn't believe that they were on Sky News because yeah. of how little it happens. Yeah, it, and, and it needs to be shown because then people realize it's a problem. Yeah, but if it's not shown, then they don't have to, they don't ha they don't have to think about it. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if you've heard of them. So obviously, um, Matthew, unfortunately, did die um, uh, on the 12th, a few days later. Um, and I don't think he ever regained consciousness. His parents did manage to get back to him from um, uh, Saudi Arabia because they were away at the time. Um, so then obviously we're going to have this trial. But have you heard of the Westboro Baptist Church? Oh, yeah. They're very well known in the in our community and and um, just hateful people, really. Oh, my God. Have you seen the Louis Theroux documentary on them? I haven't. I don't I don't need to know anything too intimate about them. I just well, I, I, I know didn't know who they were um until I seen his documentary. I think the documentary cried like early 2012 or something. And I think I seen it about five years ago. And it, it wasn't they were just against gay people, like anyone, literally anyone. Like yeah, they groups, would um yeah, um, they anyone. Would soldiers, yep. Mm -hmm. Anyone. So there's this guy who's like one of the heads he's um fred phelps his name is oh yeah he's and dead is he dead yeah no he's loss. dead now thankfully you know what the sad thing was is you've got freaking kids holding the sign saying you know vulgar things hell and all this kind of fag in hell and all the you know all these really bad horrible things and, yeah um but what i thought was <laughs> Kind of amusing was um so there was this guy in the university of wyoming he was like um this like chairman or something for the um lgbt community jim osborne his name was so they started this whole wings um angels wings thing to block out all this crap going on and apparently mm -hmm. after a day one day that's all it took he got fed up and left because yeah. he was just like no you're getting in my way of my my protest <laughs> yeah they they still do that too that organization i, I think it's called like I think it's called Angels or 
I don't really, I don't yeah. know what the organization is called, the, but we had an idea for big ass angel wings that would block out the signs. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, There's some sort angels, of, oh. yeah, they're called angels. Yeah. 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 And so basically they just wear like these long white robes. They mm-hmm. have seven foot high wings that block out, you know, the, the Westboro Baptist church. And mm. so these people, they'll actually stand in between the church and whoever they're protesting to block them out. And they just stand there very calmly and smile and try and spread, you know, a good sense of love and things like that. And so um, I think I I actually remember this organization at the Pulse nightclub shooting because, um, you know, of course, the uh, Westboro Baptist Church had to go condemn the gays again. And where was the Pulse one again? What one was that? It was in uh, Orlando, Florida. Oh, is that the Orlando one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was um, about 50 people, wasn't it? 51 Yeah, 50 people at a nightclub. There was one, one... I think it was just one man who um, came in and just shot everybody. Basically, he just started shooting. Um, and so, yeah, I do remember seeing pictures of these people at you know various events for you know after this event happened, just blocking out the hateful people and things like that. And so, I really commend them. I think their mm. that idea was great, and I think that it's very useful to, because cl- these people they're just doing it for attention. I think. Yeah, because. Um like the documentary I watched, I think it was either in the documentary or follow-up. There was some kids involved, but the kids had grown up and they had left because they were like, yeah, some people have. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been disowned. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're disowned for sure. And now I think, I think because Fred's dead. I think his wife is now the one that's kind of leading it all. Um, So can't wait for her to die. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, really say what you mean, Seth. Say what you mean. <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I can't wait till she dies and burns in hell, to be honest, because that's the only place that, and it's just so ironic because she's saying like all these gay people are going to hell and she's, that's exactly where she belongs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just, I don't understand how people can be so hateful, especially if you're doing so in the name of God. But, but yeah, but speaking of like getting back to these, um, fellas that did this so um one of them like who you were saying about mckinney like he's been saying how he doesn't care and all that kind of stuff and when he was in his having the trial he of course um so henderson actually he got tested death penalty on the table but they threw that out and what i thought was really interesting um was i don't know if you've seen any of the families of the two boys but they were all for the death penalty until it was about their own family. Oh yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So one of the, I think it was one of the lawyers come on or, or someone come on and they were saying about how, um, cause these, I will say one thing, these lads, I think were in their twenties, but my God, they looked about 15. They looked so lost, you know? Um, and it was just weird watching everyone, you know, their families talk about them, but like, it was almost like they'd fucked up. But they didn't deserve what was happening to them. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what usually happens with the uh, white youth, the white cisgender men of society. You still see it today, you know, like all these people that shoot up whatever they're shooting up, they hmm. somehow manage to come out of it completely unharmed. But if it were, you know, let's say a black man, that person would not be able to leave the premises alive. Hmm. So yeah. it's um, it's very much it's very much. um very pick and choose and and privilege really for the for white men 
Yeah, because they, they did manage to get the death penalty dropped. Um, apparently in that state, the last one was in 1992, but they, they, they got it. Henderson did play down his part. And I think that's more why he got the life sentences. But with um, apparently um, uh, McKinney said in jail, he got kind of like nicknamed the killer and was signing like autographs. And he actually said, are only get 10 to 15 years because Matthew was gay. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he didn't. He's still fucking there. Um, <laughs> actually, also, too, because the reason why the death penalty was actually dropped was because of Matthew's mom. Yeah, exactly. She didn't because want, he wasn't vengeance or something. She didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. She she thought Matthew would have shown compassion to to these people. So that's why she actually had and, and I think his dad actually was still also for the death penalty. But then after like the mom was like, no, that's not what Matthew would have wanted. Then they both kind of got on the same page. And, and that's why they did not get the death penalty. Isn't it like so unbelievably sad that the reason you're not dead is because of the man you murdered? Yeah. But also, you know, and it, it is compassion as far as them not being killed early in their lives but it's also like gives them a lot more time to think about what they did and why they're there yeah because they're obviously going to be stuck in prison for so long but the um uh, mckinney apparently he did this whole i'm sorry speech and then within 15 minutes he was like yeah i killed a fag and all this kind yeah of stuff. you know so he wasn't one big sorry he said one bit sorry he said what he needed to say um, and I do like the fact that the parents, like they definitely, they did what was best for Matthew in this case, because they, they, they made an agreement or something that none of them were allowed to talk about the case or kind of, I think, make any money or notoriety off of it. Um, because they didn't want Matthew's name being dragged through the mud because they were going to start trying to find every little thing that he may or may not have done. And obviously when they tell it, it will be blown into something a lot bigger, you know? So, but I, I just think it's a shame that they, that they had to do that. And I was watching um, McKinney's lawyer and I really didn't like him. You know, I didn't feel like he really got the point of what was happening. It's just like, I got my, I need to stop my man from being killed basically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just what kind of person do you have to be to defend someone like that? You know? Yeah. Cause then people go, but everyone deserves a fair trial. Well, you know, cause I, I have a big problem with the term human rights, not in the set, like not in the sense for people like Matthew or, you know, transgender people, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I mean, for people that do shit like this. And to me, if you commit this crime, I don't give a shit about your human rights. Because it, it's a very inhumane action. Because, yeah, because what about Matthew's human rights to be able to go to a bar one night and then get home safely? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so when someone throws human rights into stuff, I think we throw that term around so easily. But I think some of the things that people do, I'm sorry, but y- y- your human rights they go out the window. Now, I don't expect you to be getting tortured or stuff in prison every day and stuff like that. You know, get your, your meals and your bed and all that kind of stuff. But that's it. I really don't right. give a shit. I really go give it. I don't think you deserve any bonuses, you know? No, definitely not. And um, 
Yeah, especially not these two. I mean, right. just horrible people. I mean, and and if you want to think about it in a in a different way, it's like just think about what if Matthew is like your son, or what mm-hmm. if he was your um friend? What if he, you know, that could be your daughter. That could be what if it was just who someone that you loved, regardless of what their sexuality or anything. To have to endure that amount of violence and then to be handcuffed to or you know tied to a fence where you can't even defend yourself and you have to just endure the wind the freezing winds you have to you're bleeding a lot and and it's just unbearable like because I just think like I I think like what if that was me what like how would I react in that situation and it's just like I can't wrap my mind around it it's so dark yeah I I personally don't know how the parents live I don't know how they get from day to day because like, you know, it's bad enough if your kid is killed because they get knocked down by a car, you know, or they've had an illness, you know, it, but to know that they went through what he went through. I mean, can you imagine going to bed, turning out the lights every night and lying your head on a pillow? What's going to come into your head? I bet you there's not a day that goes by that his mom and dad and brother and friends don't think, you know, about that. Yeah. And, and out of it, his parents started the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing worth mentioning. And this all came together pretty quickly after his death, after Matthew's death. And they use this as a way to fight for LGBT rights. And it's still still a foundation today that you can contribute to. Um, and they do great work. Um, I think that it's so brilliant that, you know, that judy and i forget her dad uh matthew's dad's name but dennis yeah i just think it's amazing how much they advocate for for lgbt rights because of their son and matthew died but his his impact is so immense like he he's the reason for this uh these hate laws he's the reason that the matthew shepherd foundation is there's more people out there fighting for lgbt rights like he he as a young boy they said oh he wanted to be known like he wanted to be known for doing something special like a celebrity and mm-hmm. and he is and be, he's known he got what he wanted to be when he grew up when, oh, because yeah. she said about being famous do you think i'll be famous and she said yeah. i guess he got there yeah and he, he got not for not in a good way but um i think but he was also like part of a mentor program for lgbt students mm. at the university of wyoming oh, okay. yeah. so clearly you know that it was like on the horizon perhaps he would have continued within his fight for lgbt people as well so it's like so the fact that he is famous and for doing something so good that i i think honestly if he were still here like you know if he had somehow survived this he would be so proud and so happy for making such an impact on this world in such a positive way so i want to ask you two questions now you don't have to answer these um, if it's too personal, you don't have to answer. I can cut it out. <laughs> um, but it's just, I, I'm just um, curious to ask. My first question is, like, obviously, I'm female. And I know to an extent what it's like to get harassed and all that kind of stuff for simply being a woman. Um, so do you get that type of treatment from people? Do you get harassed sometimes simply because you're gay? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely just been walking down the street people love to yell the, the f word f-a-g out their window at you 
they're mm-hmm. driving by, they're they don't even they don't even probably don't even see your reaction. They just know they're that you're they're trying to ruin your day. And have you have you like experienced like people you know, like not wanting to know you anymore when they find out that you were, or if you've um, been lo- lucky in that sense. Luckily, I have um, been really surrounded by people that are very accepting of me. You know, mm. my parents and family are are accepting and all my friends have. I don't think there were any friends that were like, no, you're we're not friends anymore. Like, I, I can't think of anything like that. Um, so I, I, I am very lucky, but that's not always the case for for all gay people. So probably like what it is for women on the street, it's probably a lot of men get that kind of shit too really in some oh form. Yeah. yeah especially the more effeminate you appear you present as um and you know if you or if you're trans and you don't present as effeminate enough you know people just will um make will make fun of you well and so just if for you're being... a trans woman but you don't act or it, look trans woman enough they they give you shit yeah like they call it um they call it passing so like you're passing for a woman so, um, so if you, cause some, you know, some people just, uh, unfortunately can't ap- present the way that they would like to physically. So some, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes, it, um, people present very well as, as a female mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't. And then, so those people, I mean, those people are just as valid as the uh, people that do pass. It's mm-hmm. just, they, they get made fun of because they look more masculine but they're wearing like a dress maybe okay okay god never stops does it um no and my other question was what would you this is a very naive question okay but because i know how i would like things to look so what would you like if you could have your dream scenario of how you know gay people trans black whatever were in the world what would be your dream scenario of how everyone, obviously everyone treated the same, but do you kind of ever see that happening where we don't have to have a conversation about the fact that it's because he's gay or it's because he's black or it's because she was a woman or just what she was wearing. Like, do you ever, do you have faith that that will ever happen? You know, what would you like to see? I don't know if I have faith. I have hope. I hope that it happens. It's something that I hope I can help influence just by podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, Because your podcast is great for that. Yeah, we I mean, we talk a lot about um, political LGBT issues as well. You know, we like to have fun, but, you know, we'll we talk about the issues and Mm -hmm. um, advocate for everybody in our community. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't see that happening anytime soon because we have such uh, hateful people in charge of the country and um, they they spread hatred and so now it's on the rise again you know yeah. it's been made okay for this these hateful people to say what they want to say and so now I feel like we're kind of getting pushed back in in um, in uh, equal inequality really and for human rights because of this so i i mean i would like to think that one day in the future um that we can have this harmony i just don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime i i would agree with that i don't i don't think it is either because i was um i recently watched a documentary on um about a year ago on uh, rodney king and then obviously what happened to george floyd and i was like 
what the fuck has changed? You know, what I mean, has nothing's changed. changed. Exactly. It's, this, it's and been it's the same 50... with this. This was 23 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This Matthew has been, um, has, has been dead longer than he got to live now. Fuck. So, um, it's crazy to think about, you know, and, and kind of going back to Matthew, another thing that happened was just recently, like, I think it was two to three years ago. Um, you know, he, he I, I don't remember if we talked about him being cremated or not, but he yeah. was, he was cremated because his parents thought that his grave would be desecrated yeah. or something. And so, um, just two, three years ago, actually his ashes were entered into the, uh, what's it called? The Washington national. Oh, I, yeah. Cathedral. Yeah. And so like, this is, and this is in Washington, DC, which is the capital of America. Mm. And this is like such, um, this is like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, it's an exclusive mm. place for people. Like people like Helen Keller are buried there. People like American presidents are buried yeah, there. Seen that, These are yeah. very, very important people. And the fact that they wanted to have Matthew Shepard buried there is a really big deal. That's amazing, isn't it? It is. And I remember they did webcast and you can still find it online if you want to go back. And they did a full ceremony for him being entered into here and another, you know, sort of like um, funeral of sorts. But more of a I think they try to do it more as a celebration of life. But I, I remember I was, you know, just watched it all remotely. And it was just so it was really moving to be able to see him finally be, you know, at rest. And it's making a statement, isn't it? If you're doing it there, like that oh, says, yeah. that's making a huge statement, isn't it? Yeah. Well, because Matthew and his family were, were religious people. And so they thought, you know, his parents thought that he would be happy to be back in the arms of God and, and, um, and that he would be happy that he would want to be buried there. Yeah, this is this is emotional. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I've held it together pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 feeling all the emotions. And it's um, yeah, it's just such an emo- emotional roller coaster to kind of like talk about the subject for me, because um, I always try and, and bring up Matthew Shepard because I don't want his legacy to be lost. And what he has done for the LGBT community is so great, like and still continues to be great. It's like he had to suffer, but so many people got to thrive yeah. because of, of him. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, like, I, I, obviously I don't think about him or I don't like, I'm not going to sit here and go, I think about him all the time. I don't, I remember it happening. I, it's a name that when I was going to do my podcast for true crime, I wanted to do, and I did attempt it about, before I spoke to you about it, I attempted it a few months ago. And I was like, no, I just, and that's why I asked you to do it with me. Um, Cause I thought it was more, res- I don't know why, but I just thought it was a bit more respectful or something having, having you on. Um, but I was, I was watching cause he, he was very little and all this kind of stuff. But I was just watching like a documentary and they just obviously show these pictures of him and it, it broke my fucking heart. Cause he, he looked like such he looks very much younger as well than what he was. Like if he had said he was 15, you would have believed him, you know? And it's just like, I think the, my problem is, is I, I picture things a lot. So like I would, I would have pictured his face at that spot, all that stuff being done to him. And it's just, I honestly like, and it's weird with cases because obviously you don't want anyone to be murdered, no matter who they are. Like, do you know what I mean? Nobody, like he, he doesn't deserve more attention than anyone else, but there's just certain cases that just really get to you. I don't know why it's certain cases like, but his, 
his really does get to me, you know? Yeah. And and probably a lot of it has to do with how um, brutal in the manner of the way he was killed. I mean, just, it's just so hard for us to imagine that being possible for one human to do that to another human. And, you know, the the motivation behind of him being gay, you know, that definitely hits home Mm. for, you know, for me, maybe more than other people, you know, that are not in the community or whatever, which is, it's not, um, which it may make sense. It's like, you know, it's like the connection's different like from for me to Matthew Shepard than it would be for you and that's not saying that like no but like I'm not gonna sit here <laughs> yeah no no but it, it would be stupid me going I understand exactly what you mean I I feel exactly the same with you of course I fucking don't you know I'm a straight yeah. female you know I can you know I'm even if I was a bloke I, I I'm not you know I'm not a gay man I can't you know as much as my husband always says to me you're such a gay because <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a thing about gay men, so he's always like laughing at me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, I don't know. It just it was just it, it it's just really hard to explain. But it just the whole thing, it just it bro- it broke my heart just watching his face. I can't look at his face. Yeah, I mean, if you look up pictures of Matthew on the internet, I mean, he you just see such a happy, like mm. innocent, um, fragile looking guy, and to the fact that so much. Uh, he that he suffered so much brutality it's just like it, he doesn't deserve it like he never deserved it and he didn't do anything wrong and no, he was he just didn't. he was just taken for being himself and it's not fair it's just not fair no it's not and like I'm glad I hope I think in America life means life doesn't it you you don't if you've got without yeah. parole you're you're yeah because in England yeah. life is like you know not life you know very few people get life i think technically life is considered 40 years in america i'm not sure don't quote me but i'm pretty sure life is 40 years and so these these two uh that killed matthew got they got two life sentences oh yeah because so so that's 80 at least 80 years and they were about his age so they will die before they leave this jail cell and there, and it is without parole. There's no possibility for them to get out of jail. So they'll just be there rotting. Good. And the thing is in jail, they'll be admired by some people, which. Oh, I'm sure. Instead of getting fucking what they deserve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's um such a heartbreaking story. Um, it, and, and honestly, thank you so much for asking me to be on this podcast because I have wanted to speak about Matthew Shepard before, and there's just really never been um, the opportunity on our podcast. And this is such an important topic for me, you know, just, mm. you know, Matthew Shepard plus uh, equal rights for LGBT people. Mm. Um, so I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity and platform to um speak about this case it feels um like therapy of sorts you know after (laughs) having to spend the past few days just remembering all these horrible things but um it definitely messes with my mind but to it's all worth it if this just changes one person's mind you know or or what if this makes some sort of difference in some person's world and makes it better for the LGBT community, like it's worth all the suffering that is, is done mentally to go yeah, through that's, this. 
that's why like obviously I, I I asked you to come on um and um I wanted it to be more of a, a talk not you know obviously I wanted it to be about Matthew but I wanted it to kind of shed light on the situation as it is today and like you know your the good thing about you is you can give me your experiences and you can talk about it from a much more personal level than I can um because if I'd done this episode on my own which I wasn't actually going to do in the end I I would have just been reeling off facts and stuff and I just it wouldn't have worked you know um not that I'm trying to get it to work if you know what I mean but I think it's better yeah it's it's more genuine to have like a conversation like we're having yeah and I I really like I'm so glad you came on but I'm also really appreciative of the fact that you were willing to be so open and upfront about yourself you know of course yeah I know it's um it's weird. Like when you start to podcast, you know, you're like, how much of my personal self do I want to put out into the entire world? (laughs) And so, um, you know, as, as time went on, I realized that it's, you know, honestly, I just have to be very open because, um, you know, as uncomfortable it is to tell like certain details about my life and my experiences as a gay man, it's like, it's important. These things need to be said. You know, the if if they don't get said, then people don't know. So it's like, you know, I'm not like trying to say that I'm like saving the world here by podcasting or whatever, saving the community. I just think that by being vocal about LGBT issues and my experiences, you know, as uncomfortable as it may be to reveal more information out into the world that I would normally share with strangers mm. <laughs> that it's just so important. So, as, so as uncomfortable it is, I think it's more important that to be open and to share my experiences. So I'm, I'm happy to have a, a, pl- a podcast where I I'm able it. to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful to other podcasters like you that let me come on their sh- show and just kind of talk about, you know, specifically Matthew Shepard in this case, but um, but more so just to advocate for LGBT rights is so important to me. So if anybody else wants me on their show that wants me to talk <laughs> about LGBT rights, feel free to reach out. And, is there um, any um, podcasts that you can recommend that do discuss like th- that's their podcast? They kind of discuss this topic on there because I know um, Rain- Rainbow the Crimes does, doesn't she? Yep. Beyond the Rainbow, Beyond the Rainbow. True Sorry, Crimes. CJ. Yep. <laughs> yes, she does. Uh, um, a real, it's in her, hers is like a 20 minute episode. So it's super yeah, like easy to, to her, get yeah. through, yeah. but it's really good. Yeah, and, um, and then the, also I listen to Morbid. They have a podcast. Uh, actually it's a, they made it into a two-parter cause there's so much to cover, yeah. but they, and they do go into more of like the details and stuff like that. I think we covered pretty much hmm. most of the details that they share, but, um, but if you're looking to maybe hear a detail or two that you haven't heard or yeah. anything like that, you could go listen to them, Morbid, and Beyond the Beyond the Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, I wanted, like like I said to you, I wanted it to be more of a, of a chat than just me and you reeling out um, a bunch of facts. And um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's really good that you can be that open about yourself. I'm not an open person at all. Um, I am a bit, but no, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish I was, but I, I'm, I'm really bad for not being one. Um, and uh, yeah, I never tell anybody stuff like when things are bad. I just no, you don't discuss that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely that way a little bit myself. You know, I feel like mm. I keep a lot, a lot of bad things 
or like, you know, if I'm upset by whatever, you know, I'll keep a lot of it to myself too. Mm. So I understand definitely. Um, I did also want to recommend because this is a true crime podcast. So, well, na- it is now. Am I right? Am I well, right? I'm true calling- crime and horror. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do both. <laughs> okay. I-, I wasn't sure if we were branding one way or the other. <laughs> I um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you're interested in a true crime podcast that deals specifically with LGBT true crime, you can listen to Beyond the Rainbow. Of course, we mm. mentioned them before, but you can also listen to this really great podcast podcast called slay queens and oh, it's about them, true crime listen to them yeah. they're really good okay. i i really enjoy their podcast a lot so if you're interested in, in lgbt true crime you could go check those two out for sure cool um okay well i would just like to end this on saying my dream is that one day we in in the nice way we never have to talk about this stuff because it's all just part of life gay, straight, bi, non-binary, everything. It's just, it just doesn't matter. That's yeah, what I, I want. Yeah, like to, to quote um, one of your countrymen, John Lennon, imagine mm. life, uh, imagine life in peace, basically, is, is, I'm such a big John Lennon fan. <laughs> so his song, Imagine, is, is just very appropriate yeah. for the, the vision that I would like to have for a world in the future. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? But, um, it would be nice. It and actually, part of life. I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but um, I did want to mention one pop culture reference that is about Matthew Shepard. Okay. Um, and actually uh, involves one of your other countrymen, Sir Elton John. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a song that's written about Matthew. And it's called American Triangle. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So if you're interested in, in music and exploring this topic further, you could listen to that. Um, I actually saved the lyrics. I, if you want, I could read a little bit of it, but not the whole song. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought it is the way Elton John writes. This is very well, like for, for such few amount of words, lots mm-hmm. of imagery is evoked. Um, so I'll just quote the first couple verses and it says, Seen him playing in his backyard, young boy just starting out. So much history in this landscape, so much confusion, so much doubt. Been there drinking on that front porch, angry kids, mean and dumb. Looks like a painting, that blue skyline. God hates fags where we come from. Western skies doesn't, Western skies don't make it right. Home of the brave don't make no sense. I've seen this scarecrow wrapped in wire, left to die on a high ridge fence. Aww. So it's like very, reading it makes me emotional. I don't usually like to say that word, but it's in the <laughs> lyrics and it's clearly there for a reason to convey a message. But the lyr- the song is just so beautiful and um, would definitely recommend you checking out that song. Yeah. American Triangle by Elton John. No, I, I will not today, though, because I'll probably get upset. <laughs> yeah, g- give yourself some time. I'm like the rest of today. I just need to do something like happy things <laughs> because I know. this is I, I don't know. This is it's a, definitely a dark topic, but it's very important. And I'm glad that there yeah. is going to be another podcast out there for people to listen to about this. Yeah, me too. I, I just I do think all these things are very important. And like I said, one day, I hope hate crime doesn't exist and it doesn't matter you are doesn't matter who you are just be nice to people that's the dream yeah it's the dream 
and I'll keep believing it. And hopefully one day it will happen. Even in my yeah. lifetime, that'd be a nice way to go, wouldn't it? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine there's no religion, no hatred uh-huh. too. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going back to, I, I love John. No, but it's true. Like, and I tell you, if there is anyone listening who hates on a certain group, honestly, just for a day, don't do it and see how much energy and how less exhausting it is. Because even like, you know, when you're like mad at someone, it doesn't have to be, you're just really annoyed at your friend who pissed you off. It's exhausting and it's draining. Just, just for one day, don't do it and see all the energy you have. I know that's a very woo-woo way to look at it, but I'm just like, you'd have so much more headspace for yourself. Right. Or give yourself some time to be away from that and to yeah. reflect on it. Because a lot of times, you know, I get really mad at people and then I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, like what they did still sucks, but it's like, I'm less angry about it. <laughs> yeah. You need to take some time. So um, like, just calm down. It's going to be fine. We don't need to hurt other people. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I nervous laughter a lot. I tried really hard not to do that throughout this podcast. <laughs> if you hear any inappropriate laughing, it's just nerves. Don't worry about it. Um, yep. Okay. Well, I think we can wrap this up. So but yeah. before Seth mentions where you can find Thanks for Coming, I would just like to recommend that if you go, if you're into music, you need to listen to a Treble Treble podcast, which is Seth's other podcast that he used to do. And hopefully one day he will start doing again because I've never listened really to music podcasts, but I loved yours. Um, so go and listen to that and try and get him to do some more. No pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's um, I talk about like one album per episode yeah. and I kind of present it from a queer perspective. And sometimes I'll have guests and then I'll let them pick an album. So sometimes we'll talk about two albums. We'll talk mm-hmm. about why they like music. So if that's your bag, go listen to it. I would love to do it again. And I've been contemplating bringing it back now that my other podcast has kind of calmed down a little bit, but I'm still, I don't know. It's very time consuming to do both. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Um, So where can they find your other podcast and social media and stuff? Uh, We are on Instagram and Twitter at TFC pod. So you can find us there. Um, you can find us at thanksforcomingpodcast.com if you want a website. Mm-hmm. And um, you can uh, you can read one of our hosts' blogs. Uh, Jamal, he mm-hmm. has his own blog called gazeinthelife.com that talks about other um, LGBT social issues and things like that. So if you, you can go check him out and you can follow him on Twitter at gazeinthelife as well. And he's so beautiful. Yeah, Jamal is the like one of my like best best friends. Like since but his face is anytime I see his face, I just stare. <laughs> I just yes. stare at him. <laughs> yes, Jamal's the best. So definitely. I don't go know what Stony looks like though. I don't know what the other one looks like. Oh, I'll I'll show you a picture later. Yeah. Not yeah. not that not to say that as like he's grotesque or anything, <laughs> but he's I'll just he's the something. less <laughs> he's the less social of the mm, three of us okay, like that, whenever yeah. whenever people want guests us to guest on the show he often likes to sit out and that's fine that's just yes. the way he likes to be yeah that's fine that's fine um yeah i just like to say just definitely go check them out because i i listen to them and i've followed you guys now for about since i, I found you about seven eight months ago and um i love my drag race so um yeah so thanks for coming on so much seth i really appreciate it 
Of course. Thanks so much for having me, Lorraine. I hope we get to collaborate again in the future, whether it's your show or one of my shows. I know mm-hmm. I was supposed to have you on for Trouble Trouble, but then season Just two saying. got <laughs> Yeah, if I can ever get a season two going, you can find Lorraine on my podcast, but yes. I have to mentally prepare myself to go through that again. <laughs> one day, one day. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks guys for listening and I will chat to you again soon. Bye. Bye. And I hope you, for you for the better term, enjoyed that. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. But on to something different. And that is, of course, my podcast promotion, which is, I was actually quite late to this one again. I'm quite late to a few of them, actually. And um, hooked. I absolutely love it. And I've spoken to this girl myself on um, social media. And she seems like a really nice girl. And her episodes are so thorough and she goes into such detail and she's just, I think she's brilliant, you know, and that is Emily and she's from a podcast called Morbidology, but I will let you, uh, I'll let her tell you for herself. Morbidology is a weekly true crime podcast hosted by me, Emily G. Thompson, author of Unsolved Child Murders, Cults Uncovered, and co-author of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Cases Uncovered. 911 emergency. My son shot my husband. I need an ambulance. He's bleeding. Using investigative research combined with primary audio, including 911 calls, interviews, and trial testimony, Morbidology takes a look at some of the world's most heinous murders. Do you know why you're here? For a uh, home invasion gone terribly wrong. Listen to Morbidology now on Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever else you get podcasts. So make sure you, of course, go and check out Morbidology. Give her some great, great reviews and stars and subscribe. Of course, go check out Seth's podcast, Re- uh, Treble Treble, as well as his Thanks for Coming podcast. Um, go follow them both on all the social medias. Really great podcasts and really great people. Um, first of all, I'd like to say thanks for listening and uh, you can go rate and review me too. But if you want some more information, you can always go to Instagram on Once Upon a Nightmare Podcast, on Twitter and Letterboxd as a Nightmare Pod. You can also email me on Once Upon a Nightmare Pod at gmail.com and I'm on Facebook as Once Upon a Nightmare. So again, thanks for listening. Ask questions and I will chat to you again very soon. Bye. The Podbreed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com.